Art Green, thank you very much for sitting down with us on the Men's Health Archive doing an interview. Yeah, no worries. Oh, no, pleased to be here. Uh, so I know a bit about you growing up, the fact that you grew up, you're a farm boy from outside, uh, uh, what was it, in Martinborough? Yeah. Yeah, saying it a little yeah. bit close. And then you went yeah. in, went into Wellington and Christchurch. You were a, a sports science major in college. Yeah. Um, grew up with six sisters and your mom and dad. Uh, tell us and a little bit. A little bit. Just the <laughs> basics. Just so we can get through it. Um, tell us a little bit about that life and how reflecting of being a man and growing up with six sisters and you're always a very active person, always very good looking from what I can tell. Um, and that transition from a, more of a rural life into the college life and city life is that. Yeah, right. Okay. Well, um, firstly, uh, I wasn't always a handsome man. No, uh, I, I, uh, I went through a very, very ugly, awkward, um, sort of, uh, early teens, uh, even before that, from the age of about eight up until about mid teens. Yeah, I was pretty ugly. And, um, I was also, I was very annoying. Um, I went through, my parents split up when I was about seven and I went through a few years, like a good two or three years of being pretty difficult, pretty, uh, pretty annoying to be around. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, a lot of them reflect on that, um, with a bit of humor about uh, how annoying I was back then. Um, yeah, I guess growing up on a farm was, is a pretty cool thing to do. Um, I look back now and uh, I, I, I'd love to I'd love to have kids kind of soon and I'd love for them to have an upbringing similar to what I had, uh, living off the land as much as we much as we could back then, which was great. Um, and yeah, it's a, a, in the farming community, especially in New Zealand, it's very, um, I guess it's kind of very macho. Uh, people don't talk about their feelings. Um, there are there are large um, dairy farming is is the predominant form of farming here in New Zealand, and it's uh, there it's a it's actually a, a quite a huge problem the mental health epidemic with dairy farmers in New Zealand who are very isolated, uh, and they have very high suicide rates here in New Zealand. Uh, but for me, I've always had um, a very loving and close family, so I've never felt um, isolated in any stage. Uh, I then, uh, I definitely found it a big uh, transition moving into the city when I was about, um, I think I was around about six or seven and I used to, I remember uh, starting school in the city school and um, having big fights with my with my mum about having to wear shoes to school because uh, I just used to wear bare feet all day every day and I couldn't understand why I suddenly had to wear shoes. So. Yeah, without you know, without realizing it at the time, it was a it was a huge transition for me moving into a city life. Yeah, and then um, you know the first couple of years, I think I transitioned pretty easily, and then I never really thought about it uh, until now when I um, I'm currently living in this city life that I've uh, I've grown up in. That I just I'm kind of thinking that it's um, not so healthy for us and. I feel like I'm part of a big uh, swarm of people that are just working uh, as hard as they can. And uh, it's almost a competition to see who can work the hardest. 
And I think that uh, it's not good for anyone's mental health. So that's kind of, yeah, that's my uh, my view on things. Uh, you got into the sports science stuff and you went to Australia and then you came to the States for a bit and you were a camp counselor. That's how I met you. You were a tennis yeah. counselor for a while. Um, yeah. And from my sense, you've always been a pretty active guy. You just finished up the New York Marathon you did the uh, New Zealand coast to coast and that kind of thing. Um, how was that time in the outback? I saw that you talked about that it was the first time you ever really sat and had to slow down and get introverted. And I thought it was pretty interesting that you also became very reflective of your own health and your diet. And that was the beginning of your paleo discoveries. So how do you... Um, juxtapose those two the active lifestyle and the more mindful in reflective yeah yeah um yeah great great question that was um it was a big transition for me moving into the outback of australia so i lived there for about 18 months to paint a picture of it um perth is the most isolated city uh in the world i think um it's the furthest city from any other city so I was working uh, not in Perth, but a two-hour flight north of Perth in the middle of the outback, um, surrounded by red dirt. And it was a thousand-man mining camp, uh, which was just kind of set up in the middle of the desert. Mm -hmm. And my job there at that mining camp was to run the gym. So all the miners would go off to work during the day. They'd come back to the campsite at night, and, uh, and I'd run them through fitness classes or take them through nutritional plans or whatever. Uh, it was literally just me and the treadmills and the dumbbells. So um, at the start, I found it very, uh, I kind of, I struggled with it at the start. I'm, I've, I had never been a person that had liked to be alone. Um, I love the company of people. I'm very social. And so to go from that life to then just being very sol uh, solitary was quite hard, I think, for me. Um initially, but I then learned to probably in the space of maybe six months, I started to really enjoy it. I, it sort of motivated me to use the time wisely. And I started to learn a lot more. Um, I had a lot of downtime, so I would just read and learn and I treated it as a, um, a time to improve myself. So I, I had this newfound um, goal of that I could to live in. and to do that I needed to find out a few things um, like how to how to create the healthiest body and at the time I didn't know I mean I studied some of the stuff nutrition and everything but I really didn't know because there were so many different schools of thought on what sort of diets the best diet to follow and what you should be doing to lose weight and um, so I decided to try and um, find out for myself and I just experimented and I, I would work for four weeks in a row up on this mine site and then I'd have one week off Go back, go back down to Perth or I'd travel around Australia or something like that. So in the four-week stints, I would follow a certain type of diet. So I tried different different types of diets and I tried vegetarianism, veganism, raw food diets, ketogenic diets. I tried isogenics, which is like, like a supplement. One of the last ones that I tried was a paleo diet. And um, and that one kind of just made the most sense to me. I felt the best the best on it um, from an energy level. I've always been pretty slim and active. And so I've always thought of myself as being really healthy, but it wasn't until I changed up what I was eating that I just realized that my brain was just 
firing so much quicker and I had so much more energy and that resulted in a huge um, improvement to my uh, positivity and like just everything just, I seemed a bit happier. So that was a big um, turning point I think for me in my life um, was changing my diet. And uh, yeah, what was the question? <laughs> no, no problem. Do you? That was very interesting that you were so experimental with your diet. Do you take that attitude and anything else, like towards your your exercise, your sleep habits, your mental habits of? Do you do any meditations or anything like that? Kind of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I I use. Pretty much everything. Um, I don't like to take one person's word for it. Um, I don't like to just believe everything I read. And I think that everybody is different. So everybody's body is different, um, responds differently to different things. Paleo works well for me, might not work well for you, might not work well for, um, you know, I, I know it doesn't work well for my mom. Um, but you know, my personal belief is that it's, it's the best, um, nutritional kind of framework for the majority of population. Um, and then, so with, with exercise, I've experimented with heaps of different forms of exercise. And now currently I don't like to be too specialized in any one thing because I like to be able to turn my hand at almost anything. And so, um, whether it's to, you know, train for four months and run a marathon or do the coast to coast, coast to coast, which is a big multi-sport event here in New Zealand. Um, at the moment now, now that I've got the running out of the way, I'm like, cool, I'm, you know what, I'm going to try to do a bit more resistance training, see if I can put on muscle, uh, and just try something different. Um, I like to do that because it also kind of just keeps it fresh in my head and I don't get bored with things. Um, but with mental health as well, you mentioned meditation and that's been huge for me. Uh, that's something that I've experimented with. I started experimenting with it when I was in the mines six or seven years ago. And, uh, at the time I just, um, at the time when I was doing it, I just was really enjoying it, but I didn't really see any benefits to my mental well-being. Um, I think it was at a time where I perhaps, uh, I don't think I needed, um, I think my mental health was so, was, was great back then. I think a lot of that was because I had absolutely no worries. Um, and so it was really cool. I kind of learned these little tips and techniques of how to meditate back then, but then only in the last two years have I started to meditate almost, uh, almost daily at the moment it's daily. And, um, and it's incredible just the changes it's made to my um, my relationships and just the the understanding of myself, um, the way that my brain works and my ability to to function and um, to kind of just take in situations and not react immediately, but figure out why I'm thinking a certain way and to figure out the best way to react and to deal with the situation. Um, so yeah, that's meditation is a huge tool in my uh, mental health toolbox. I would say. Mm. You've been very um, open with so much of your life for the last couple of years. We were the first New Zealand bachelor. Congratulations! Um, <laughs> and that must have been another crazy transition of your life, going from such a private person. I know you had a lot of close friends, and you've always been a very um, outgoing and friendly from what I've seen, but, um, to put your life in the spotlight of the, of the public, um, is there anything that you are hesitant about that or any difficulties going in? And now that you're there, do you, 
do you bring those lessons with you at all? Or are you cognizant of what you want to portray to all the masses of people that you're being shown to? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, that was a huge transition, um, becoming a public figure. The, the actual, um, initial part of deciding to go on the show and going on the show, um, was, uh, was a huge decision for me. Um, and one that I probably didn't, uh, had I known what would happen afterwards, I think I would have considered it even more, um, stringently. Like I, I would have, uh, thought about it a little bit harder as well, but, um, the, the biggest thing was coming out of, um, coming up, coming off that show. As soon as I was on TV overnight, uh, I had a, um, uh, overnight people knew who I was here in New Zealand. New Zealand's small, you know, it's like four and a half million people. Um, uh, if, if anyone in America is watching this and they know someone from New Zealand, I can guarantee you that I know that person <laughs> or someone who knows them. Um, and, uh, so it, it also coincided, um, this was about four years ago and it coincided with the rise of social media, predominantly Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so, so overnight, um, I went from having a, you know, a private Instagram feed where I can just have my life out there and say whatever I want, post whatever I want, be very carefree to then suddenly I'm having to be very thoughtful and careful about every single thing that I post because is probably going to find things in it and I something could be misconstrued turned around or uh, used to bring me down um, in the media so I've learned I learned very quickly probably took me a year um, which I think is quite quick in the scheme of things just to figure out how the media works and what I can and can't say and um, how careful I need to be what I can and can't post and uh, essentially I'm, uh, it's like, I, I, I try to be myself as much as I can through my social media. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have to do it in a very toned down PC version. Um, that's very mindful of other people, I guess. Um, and yeah, it's, it's difficult, um, at times. Um, I recently just with our, I have a business, um, a health food business here in New Zealand and we uh, we had some really bad luck with some some uh, a manufacturing facility of ours getting destroyed. Anyway, the media picked it up. It was wasn't really news, but because I'm associated with the business, I'm kind of the face of the business. It got thrown into the media, and um, and it's just it's it's difficult. It adds another layer of complexity and another layer of stress um, that I do have to be mindful of. But it's also um, one that I have learned to deal with. A bit as well. Mm. Do you have any friends who have been your longtime friends who have been able to have a conversation and say like, "Hey, buddy, Art, I know things have changed in your life, but I'm always here for you." Or friends that have come from the celebrity world of, "Hey, I understand the the struggles you might be going through, but it'll get calmer and life goes on," kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting question. So I definitely have a lot of the former and that being that I have got a lot of friends, um, from, you know, that have just constantly supported me the whole way through. And I've definitely leaned on them from time to time and it's, they've really kept me grounded. 
Um, you know, at times they've told me to pull my head in and, um, and it's just been oh, invaluable having them throughout this whole process. Um, I was actually thinking the other day, I don't think I've, I've maybe met maybe one, maybe two people since, uh, from like the celebrity realm who I would consider to be friends, who I'd consider to be, that I'd actually want to hang out with. Um, but generally, everyone I've met since I became The Bachelor, since I was on TV, um, it, I would I would rather spend time with my my long-term friends than I would with these new um, new people. Right. Mm. And how does your family see that? They've watched you go through all these changes. I know you've always been very close with most of your sisters and your mom as well. Um, have they come to yeah. support or was there any little kicks in the butt of art you're on television you better save face for the family um um it's been an interesting one actually for the family um my i think my my dad is um has been the rock for me and our family he's um supported me so well throughout the whole thing and he's always treated me exactly the same I, uh, my mom has, she slightly didn't really understand a lot of the situations and would kind of, kind of treated the, some of the stuff in the media as, as it would kind of get sucked in by things and think that this is not real, but in the, in the end, like it, it's actually my life. Right. So I think it's been a big learning for her as well. Um, and, and as well um my sisters have been so supportive of me uh i know that they my elder sister uh would probably she probably wouldn't admit it but she kind of struggled a little bit with um with me becoming a public figure um and yeah i think i think there are just there are a lot of complexities that you i mean i can't even really um explain them um but there, yeah, there are a lot of complexities that come about from someone you know, especially someone very close to you, um, just yeah, becoming very no. well known. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. The whole the whole fascination of personality and fame and everything is a very interesting. Um, when you get down to the brain chemistry of it, of these masses, and because he's, I know him and he knows him, that he's somebody. You know that thinking. Yeah. Um, is there any thing you've done of now that you've become, I don't want to say so big and you're, you are a figure of New Zealand now with your companies and, um, that mustache, the face, like essentially, um, yeah. Oh, okay. So then let's, let's talk some November. You, uh, this was, was this your first year that you participated in November? No, I've done it the last, uh, the last few years. Um, this is the first year when I've really got involved with it in a big way. Yeah. So here in New Zealand, um, I've, I've, I've been a Movember ambassador. Mm-hmm. Um, got selected to run the New York Marathon for Movember. And throughout, well, I guess over the last sort of two, it was three months actually. Yeah, so for three months I've been running a, like a, um, a run club, just getting more people um, involved and active and getting more people active basically. And then also just kind of promote activity as a means of 
um, supporting everyone's mental health. So, yeah, that's kind of been my involvement um, this year alongside, you know, trying to raise a whole bunch of money to help um, with mental health research here in New Zealand. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Um, what else do you want to talk about? A bit about our mental health. So how is there any tips or tricks that you personally throughout this entire journey have had to turn to at that time when you were reading, you got more uh, internal, I guess. Do you go back to that ever now that things are a bit more intense from time to time, that there are the pressures and life isn't as cushy as it used to be? Um, yeah, my tips and tricks, you know, I... Um I sometimes look back and I wish I, I would just love to go back to to that time. I, I think back on that time as a time in my life when I just had, I had no worries. Um, I had a uh, good income coming in, but mainly I just, I had a roof over my head and I had great food on the table um, and I had no worries. I had no investments in any property that could go wrong. I had no um, I had a secure job. I had there was just nothing that could go wrong, so I had very very little stress. Um, so for me, it was, yeah, it was, uh, it was in my life. Um, and then since then, I've developed a lot of um, I like to call them tools, you know, tools in my mental health toolbox um, that that help me through different different times. Um, I generally use all of them. Um, in any one month, say, but predominantly, historically, physical activity has been my number one. So um, I use I I know that I feel so much better if I'm physically active every single day. So I'm I I'm in a I I'm physically active every single day for generally an hour a day, whether it's going for a walk and then doing something, going to the gym, or um, just going to the gym for a session, or joining in a fitness class. Um, I like to train for events because then I'm sort of I'm, I'm training for something rather than just being physical um, sort of aimlessly. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, that's great. Um, I know that the benefits for me physically and mentally, uh, and I know that by doing it consistently, it has an incredible effect on my overall mental well-being. But I also know it has an acute effect on me in that I'm, um, for example, today, uh, it's been quite a stressful day for me. And uh straight after this um, chat with you guys, I'm going to go uh, for a run because I just need a, uh, I want to de-stress and I know it's going to make me feel so much better. So I'm, I'm already thinking about that as I'm sitting here. I'm looking forward to that. Um, meditation has been the latest. Well, actually, well, yeah, meditation has been, been huge for me as well. And it's something that I have, um, I, I didn't realize how beneficial it was until I'd been doing it constantly, uh, sorry, consistently for about two months, I think, but like two, two to three months. Um, I think, yeah, I think after two to three months of consistently meditating, that's when I personally noticed big differences. Um, so, and it's, yeah, everyone talks about it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And a lot of, for a lot of people, it sounds a bit woo woo. And when I first heard about it, I thought it was a little bit too spiritual for me. Um, and now I, I don't like going a day without meditating. Did you find um, it difficult to learn it all or to teach yourself to get over that hump of when you're frustrated that you weren't actually doing any meditation per se? You're just kind of sitting there. How did you push through that hump? Yeah. Um, I, 
I when I'd like to do I like to research things quite a lot. So I I had learned that a lot of people find that there's a hump. A lot of people find that they can't get into meditation. A lot of people find that they are just sitting there aimlessly. So and I've also talked to a lot of people who um, who meditated who just told me that that might happen. So I kind of went into it expecting to not really get it and to just kind of sit there quietly for, um, you know, for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes at a time and not really feel anything or get anything out of it. So I was kind of expecting. I don't even know if that happened. I feel like I, I looked at the whole situation as a time to just sit and be still and be quiet. And just the act of doing that was positive in itself and beneficial. So I think, and even if you are sitting there thinking about things um, rather than having a sort of a clear mind, you know, I think that's still beneficial. I think um, just taking the time to be by yourself, uh, to try and be present, uh, it's just, it's so beneficial. Um, I use um, an app called Headspace. I now also use another app uh, called Insight Timer. And I found those apps to be really helpful. Um, along with going to the odd group meditation. Yeah, the combination of, of using an app, but also joining in in some little group meditation sessions every now and then is super beneficial. Yeah. Um, and then another tool that I have recently started using, um, I mean, I would, I would even say socializing is a huge tool for me. I play social sport twice a week. I play different types of social sport. Um, and, uh, um, not only that, but I'm also, I also, I have, I have to really make a conscious effort to try and catch up with people and make the time for it. Because if I don't make the time for it, it doesn't happen. You know, everyone's too busy with work and everything. So for me, it's like, it's actually scheduling that into my diary as if it's an important meeting because it really is an important meeting. Just catching up with a mate, going for a drink, just whatever. Um, but another tool that I've started using is, um, is a breathing technique. Uh, it's like Wim Hof breathing. Um, yeah, he's this crazy Dutchman who, uh, has this really interesting breathing technique. Um, uh, I love And so, uh, I've been kind of dabbling with that over the last six months or so. And, uh, I found that really beneficial. Um, it's a really good way basically, um, to help deal with stress. I found it really helpful for me dealing with stress. A lot of the idea with the ice baths is that you're controlling your um, autonomic nervous system. So you're controlling your stress response. And then that means that in everyday life, you're better able to control your stress response and you don't get as stressed. So without realizing you don't actually get as stressed during day-to-day -day life or day-to-day -day stressful situations. Yeah. So those are, yeah, those are some of the tools that I have in my little mental health toolbox. It's very cool. I've, I've seen that guy before and I've, I've heard that people sometimes have some very emotional reactions when doing that breathing technique. Did you experience that at all? Um, yeah, hang on. I'm just getting a call that's coming through my computer. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. Um, the, the, um, the first workshop I did, uh, I, um, I found it, I found it pretty cool. Uh, and then like, it was almost spiritual without it, without him in any way being spiritual. Right. Um, uh, there was a woman, uh, doing the workshop with me and she burst into tears. Um, and, but I think a, a part of that was that she'd actually been doing it for a few, for almost like a year, I think. And yeah. she, she was someone who had 
Um, she'd come from being incredibly anxious. Um, she couldn't even be out. Uh, she struggled to be outside at a point in time because she would be so anxious. And she used ice baths and Wim Hof breathing to uh, completely fix herself. So for her, this was a it was a huge, um, a hugely special uh, thing for her. So yeah, it was just incredibly emotional. Well, very cool. I hope that the rest of your day is less emotional, a little bit less stressful. Uh, enjoy your run. Thank you so much for sitting down for us. Um, is there anything you want to add or plug or anything like that before you let you go? No, nah, man. I just want to say that I love what you guys are doing. I think you're doing some awesome work. Um, and, uh, yeah, you guys rock. Thank Hats you off so to much. you too, sir. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. Right on. Catch Take you. care, boss. Yeah.